0: Welcome to a special episode of Coffee House Questions. This is Ryan Polly. The uh, podcast today is the final part of the questions class, the first week of the questions class at Rock Harbor Fullerton. And this is the open QA at the end. I hope you enjoy. It's
1: not, pleasant, but it's not
2: in to what you are talking about, it more has to do with somebody who. Like, as a believer, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to answer, uh, ask? Something? Yeah, any questions are fine. Okay. Um, I'm not going to kick you out. <laughs> uh, so I, I will give a little bit of background so you understand where the question is coming from. Okay. I'm not trying to, it's not a gotcha question or anything, you know? Like yeah. I'm, I truly want to know the answer. So um, I grew up in a church that took the Bible out of context and used it to manipulate people into, um, like, uh, believing what they wanted to believe, so that it would benefit them. You know, which I believe, is uh, un- uh, like the one unforgivable sin to use God's name in vain, like to use God's name for your own personal benefit. You know, I could be wrong about that, but that's what I believe. Um, so anyway, um, I recently took. Well, it, basically, it's caused me to be super analytical and like, I want to find out answers for myself, as opposed to just taking and running what I hear. On church any given sunday mm. or um what i hear from other christians you know yeah um so then my question is um i okay i believe in jesus i do believe that he um is god in human form i do believe he died and was resurrected um but i don't believe in the human or the uh, christian prayer of salvation. Um, I just find it somewhat problematic. I don't think it's, like, from my studies, I don't see it as something that Jesus taught. Like, um, and I think it's something that, um, like, I've found consistently in pretty much all the Christian churches that I've gone to, like, here in the States, you know, it's like this prayer where, like, you go on a Sunday and you pray this prayer of asking Jesus into your heart, and then it's like your ticket into heaven, you know? And I just don't think that, like, I'm coming from, like, a non-believer's perspective where, like, if I tell that to one of my, like, my atheist friend, for example, like, how ridiculous does it sound that he can just come to Sunday, pray this prayer, be accepted into heaven, and then go right back to this, like, you know, pagan lifestyle, but he's got his ticket into heaven, you know, I I just don't find that I believe that, and I don't think that, um, like, as a non-believer, I don't think it's hard not to believe that, you know, as opposed to, like, um, I, I don't know. Okay, so I'll just leave it at that. I have more, but... I'll... yeah.
0: Well, I would think that most people, even if they believe in the prayer to receive Christ, they would not say that you can just pray it and it's a free ticket. We've been talking about today. Some people do kind of see it as, like, that fire insurance of I prayed the prayer, I got my card, I'm good. Uh, but we would all agree that's not what Scripture teaches.
2: But then why is it so, like, widely spread? Like, why is it that you hear that like so consistently among Christians like I feel like the cross and this prayer of salvation is like the focal point you know to me and, and God is love those were my three questions Is like those are the three main focal points that I hear among Christianity and I think it's problematic because it's almost like this like get out of jail free card instance and you kind of touched on it earlier and I was glad about talking about James where it talks about like faith and works you know like your your faith has to be backed up by works but I just think that, like, that's what I'm consistently hearing, and I don't agree with, you know, this, like, yeah. it's like a scapegoat, like, um, like, yeah, you can have faith, but then that means, like, I mean, if you believe in forgiveness, or God is love, then that means that I can basically live how I want to, and God's going to forgive me, you know, because he's loving, um, and this, yeah, I don't know, I just yeah. find that problematic.
0: Well, I would agree in the sense that people don't, most everyone that I know would not say that you just pray the prayer and you're good. Um, that's not the, the, the kind of the true conversion, or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's like I heard someone you know give the example of, you get pulled over, and the cop says, you know, I know you're speeding, but I'm going to give you grace, and I'm not going to give you a ticket. And you're like, oh, thank you so much, and then you go 90 again. Like, then the cop pulls you over a second time, like, really? Like, I just, you know, did you really, were you really appreciative of what I just did for you? Like, obviously not. And it wasn't really real, you just said what you had to say to get out of the ticket. Um, and so thats I would say that, yeah, I, I don't know anyone that agrees that it's just a... I've heard it said, and I think that that's mistaken. So um, then, but I wouldn't agree that it's just a fire insurance, you say the prayer, and you're good to go.
2: Do you think there is a point of salvation then? Yes. The,
0: the point of salvation is regeneration when you're completely made new. When, when, when you're justified, you, you know, confess through your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and God forgives you of your sins. You are made new, your new creature in his sight, new creature in his sight. The old is gone, the new is here. And because of that, you walk forward in this new life that Christ has given you. And so a lot would argue that, yeah, if you don't move forward in what Christ has done, then it, you ha- really haven't been made new, or you just said what you wanted to say, just because you're trying to say the right thing. And, that, and, and that's the thing is, for, for us, you know, it's hard to tell. When someone exactly is the point of save, and that's why I won't normally say, oh, yes, that person is saved, and that person is not. I'm not going to say that. But God can look at the heart, and he does look at the heart, and he knows who is sincere in their prayer and who's not, and who's just saying it just to say the right thing.
2: So it's more repentance than than this prayer of salvation.
0: Yes. Confessing to Christ that he is Lord and trusting and believing in him.
2: So then my next question would be, what about... um, there, like there's this, uh, I was talking to you earlier, there's this Jewish guy that I totally respect, and he is a, um, he's a, what's the word, he doesn't believe that Jesus, he's a non-Messianic Jew, right? Um, so then, but he is like, <clears throat> he adheres to the 10 Commandments, he believes in God, and he lives like a morally just life, you know? So then, being a Christian that believes in Jesus, Um, do I think that he's going to hell, you know, because he doesn't believe that Jesus is the Messiah?
0: Um, I don't think so. So so the question is, is he going to hell?
2: Well, because you were saying, like, um, as a Christian, you believe that, uh, like, Christianity is the only way, right? And so not all religions are the same, or they cannot all coexist equally, you know? Yeah. So then... And I was raised with that thinking, but now my thinking has kind of changed. So I guess, like, um, are there other people that are going to heaven that are not necessarily, like, Christians, you know?
0: I think scripture clearly teaches that Jesus is the only way to salvation. And that it is a trust and belief in him that is the forgiveness of sins. I think a lot of times, uh, you know, and I think we even talked about, I think it kind of came up even today a little bit, is this, our, this idea of our good works You know, is that enough? And I think that Jesus spoke clearly to Pharisees, that were just completely works-based. If I follow the law and I do X, Y, and Z perfectly, then I'm good. And He's like, no, there's no, that's not it. You know, and so I I think the Scripture is very clear that Jesus is the only way to salvation.
2: So you think that uh, like Jews that um, like non-Messianic Jews that don't believe that Jesus is Messiah or that he's come yet, you think they're still destined for hell?
0: Put it this way. I think that Jesus, God is not going to force someone into his presence against their will. And there's an idea that everyone wants to go to heaven. I don't think that's true. And here's the thing is, is that who's going to be in heaven? Jesus. If people reject Jesus in this life, why would they want him in the next? And so I believe strongly that God is not going to force anyone into his presence against their will. And so if you reject Jesus and you don't want Jesus now, you're not going to want him in eternity. If you want Jesus now, you're going to want to be with him in eternity. And so I, I, think, it, I think that's what it comes down to. is.
2: I just have a hard time with like people that, are, that, still, that don't believe in the New Testament, but they believe in the Old Testament and adhere, adhere to the Old Testament. Um, doesn't it say somewhere in Scripture that, like, if you live by the law, you're going to be judged by the law? You know? Or no? Or am I wrong?
0: No. Uh, I'm trying to think of that exact verse. Help? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I'm not sure that exact reference. It, yeah. It may say something like that, but it, Jesus also said, if you reject me, you reject the Father. Yeah. And, that, and the Father is, is sort of the Old Testament concept of, of God. and everything. So, yeah. You know, it's tricky, because I, I, mean, I think... You you talking a second ago about when someone actually becomes a christian i think someone becomes a christian when god hears their cry if you will their their plea and and he determines whether it's genuine or not and and, and he he receives that as as genuine and and i think god um, certainly responds to anyone with a genuine ask but it's between that person and God and so God God makes that determination And um, yeah you know when you look in scripture uh, Jesus seemed to always be fighting against this idea of all you people who think you know who's in you're the, really the ones that I'm worried about like, you know? mm-hmm. um, yeah and and at the same time yeah I think Brian's exactly right like Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life and that's that's um, and no one comes to the Father but through me. It's it's an incredibly inclusive statement. It's an incredibly exclusive statement. You know, anyone can come, but it's only by me. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's difficult.
2: So, um, sorry, should I stop asking questions? Yeah. No,
0: go for it. That's what this is for. It's questions class.
2: Okay. Uh, so then, yeah, I'm familiar with that verse, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I. Um I think, like as Christians, we focus on the cross, you know, um and I think that's the main thing that we point to. Um, I also find that somewhat problematic because I think um, Jesus like like I don't think we focus enough on Jesus' life, you know I think I think oftentimes when we talk to like non-believers or whatever, we're focused on the cross, you know, and while I do believe that he died and rose again, um like. I think it's, I mean, I'm not trying to, okay, just stir the pot, but I really think it's more important to look at his lifestyle because that tells me more about the way I should be living. So then, like, um, coming to the Father through Jesus, like, could, is it crazy to think that that might mean by living a lifestyle like Jesus lived, or, or no? Um,
1: I think we need take the entire Council of Scripture we are definitely called to live a lifestyle as Jesus lived, um, and that's, I would, I would use the terminology of saying that's evidence of um, a Holy Spirit-empowered life. Um, uh, one of my favorite verses is Galatians 2.20, which says, I have been crucified with Christ, and so it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So the, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's definitely mystery there. Um, but the sort of the, the hitch pin, if you will, of, of our faith is that event of the cross and the resurrection. How we then go about living that out is following Jesus' example of lifestyle.
0: I think too, because even in 1 Corinthians 15, you know, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile, you know, and you're still in your sins. And so I think the cross is, like you said, the henchman, that it is that if Jesus rose from the dead, Christianity is true and it changes everything. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then everything that we're doing is a waste of time. And so really, Christianity boils down to the cross. Uh, for its being true and its most important message, and that is where salvation comes through. Um, yeah, but I agree the same thing is in order to know how to live like Jesus, we obviously have to look at other aspects of his life.
3: What did you have to say? Yeah, well, I, just need, I was just going to ask a question then. If that, what you were saying earlier about following what Jesus, he, and, and doing what he did, well, then the question to me comes in, how many works do I need to do mm-hmm. in order to get to heaven? Um,
2: it's
3: based on that.
2: So, like, I mean, there's that verse that says, um, it's like uh, that we've been justified by grace or whatever, not through works, right? And and so, um, and I'm misquoting it right now. I can't think of it off All the top right. of my head. Um, it's by... You're saved, for my grace, you're saved through faith, and that's not it. of yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so like, um, but my understanding of that verse is that, um, it's more for pride, like, not to get to the point where like you're prideful. Like, the Pharisees were prideful, right, and they thought by their works that they were being saved, and so, um, because then if you take that verse, and then if you take the one in James where. Um, he mentioned earlier, then they're contradicting each other, right, because it's saying, like, oh, no, you're not getting in by your works, but then it's also saying, like, without your works, then it's nothing, right, so then how can they, like, you were saying, like, they're not, um, I don't know, you can't say those two statements, and then they both be true, right, if if they're both talking about the same thing, so I think it's more, um, like, I, I do believe I've been saved by grace, but then I do believe it's my moral obligation to live as a good person and to do good and to live like Christ. So then, is that what's saving me? No, I don't think so because I've done so much bad in my life that the good does not weigh the bad. But then, um, so I'm not I'm not arguing that my good works is what gets me into heaven, you know? I think my biggest question is like, um, that's my biggest question and that's, my, that's the only stipulation is for Jews that do believe in the God the god the father that i believe in and uh, and that and they're trying to live their life according to the old testament still um i think that's like my biggest my hardest thing to overcome being a christian that believes in jesus that believes that that is the only way to god the father I i just wrestle with it just because i mean god chose the jews you know and he that's what my belief is based on. So then like, I just don't see how they're destined to hell. Like, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's what I struggle
0: with. No, that makes sense. I think God chose the Jews. He gave them a future or a further revelation of himself, and they rejected it. Uh, that revelation being Jesus. And so I guess what, what it boils down to me is what we talked about earlier, is that uh, Jesus is going to be in heaven. And if you want to follow Jesus now, if you want to be with Jesus now, you'll be with him in, in eternity. If you don't want Jesus now, you're not going to be with him in eternity. And those people have rejected Jesus. They don't want Jesus. If they wanted Jesus, they would accept him. By and rejecting,
2: you mean not accepting that he's the Messiah?
0: Not accepting that he's the Messiah. And the other thing is not accepting that he rose from the dead. And uh, his, raising, his being risen from the dead shows that he's God, is where we get our salvation. And so they're rejecting the view of Jesus as him being God. And so I think it is, yeah, he chose those people. Um, he then provided further, because throughout the Old Testament, he was providing more and more revelation of who he was to them. And they were kind of following it and accepting it. And then he provided more revelation of himself through his son, and they rejected it. And so I think at that point, one could argue that they are then rejecting God. Uh, in that way. And again, Jesus says, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me, and they're rejecting him. And, and it, it becomes difficult. I think anytime you have to look at a religion or a worldview and say, ah, you got this part wrong, it's a hard conversation to have.
2: Um, then my last question would be, what, what about then the person that has accepted Christ does believe Jesus is Messiah, but they're a terrible person?
0: Well, then you have to ask, is are, is that really been transforming Is that really transformed their life? Define belief. Yeah. Define what the, yeah, my, mean by belief. Did they say it just to say it? Because I have a hard time, if I truly love my parents, am I going to just completely spit in their face and disrespect them and treat them horrible? No, you'd say I really didn't love my parents if I treated them in that way. And so I think that's why you know we, we learn a lot by someone through their actions
1: that's where, that's where that, the sinner's prayer can come in. I think historically, there have been times where, where seasons where God's Spirit is poured out on people and that's all it takes is to say that simple prayer and that just gives verbiage to what's, you know, what's going on in somebody's heart. But then the, you know, the life that follows that, um, you know, for some people, they struggle with, let's say it's addiction. For some people, it, they're immediately healed from addiction, for other people, they are in, a, in a, a constant life struggle until the day they die. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, I, I would say that that's, um, just praise God for His grace because He's the one that recognizes when that conversion is genuine. And He also understands the process that we're all in. We're all in different places and different processes and things like that. And I just thank God for that because, you know, we only arrive, it's, it's uh, the verse that says, um, he who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. So we're, it, and that speaks to that process that we're all in. And, and some people accept Christ in, in prison or whatever, you know, and, that, and that's a genuine thing. And they're still rotten off people because we have like a sin muscle memory that stays with us. And that takes a long time to overcome. And and, it, and you know, the, the first the first few steps, the first years or five years, that can be, a long ugly process where there's not fruit or evidence or whatever but it's still i, I think that the holy spirit's still in there working
0: yeah you had a question
3: okay. yeah <clears throat> let's see this was kind of he brought something up that kind of triggered something for me just by talking about um you know the jews like their belief in god but not their acceptance of jesus and all of that so um for like my background i grew up in a church that where um we were taught about Jesus' teachings and taught from the Bible, but we were taught from the Bible all from a figurative perspective, not as literal teachings. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, like, when I come into church, I have a hard time because it's like, I'm struggling with, like, what I was taught, like, my entire youth. So it's yeah. like, hard to go against, like, what I've already been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I, I guess, like, my question is, like, um, okay, so if, I can sit in a room with everybody and we can all say okay god exists how can i say that christianity is the path for me you know we all accept that god is here that god created us and everything and all of these general outlines of rules to live by how to live your life how to live a life like jesus Mm -hmm. but like how is it different that this person has a figurative interpretation but ultimately believes the same big picture things, but then this person, everything's more literal, more literally taken. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: I think I kind of heard a couple of questions. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Uh, it, within that. Uh, here's my issue with everything being figurative. Uh, is it figurative that Jesus rose from the dead?
3: So, but that's like, for me, is the hardest struggle that I've dealt with because in like the church that I was brought up in is that we were still taught that, like the resurrection of Jesus occurred or I guess in a different manner you could say it was a Mm -hmm. spiritual resurrection. Is what we were taught. So like, I still believe that I am saved because of like that. I, he died for my sins, but it wasn't that he like literally rose from the dead. It was like a spiritual transformation. Yeah. So then that's where I struggle with, but I don't know, I guess like that belief.
0: Yeah. Um, that's a that's a hard one Uh, I think here's kind of my response is is that the New Testament is and the Bible in general is written in a way uh, that there are sections of it that are figurative um, and there are sections that are literal and we have to learn how to take what's figurative figurative and what's supposed to be meant to be taken literally literally Um, and we have to learn to distinguish those parts Um, And I think at least with the resurrection, scripture clearly teaches that it's a bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's because it's a bodily resurrection that we will be raised bodily. And it's not some spiritual, like we'll be in this weird state, like it is a bodily resurrection that we will have because of his resurrection. And so for me, uh, when you look at the resurrection and you can show, look, the resurrection is true. The New Testament is reliable. There's evidence for it. And Jesus rose bodily from the grave. Okay. Then it's not just a spiritual resurrection. And I don't know. For me, I, I look at kind of like, okay, if if everything is spiritual, what does that mean for my? It's hard to know a lot of stuff. What did? What did, In a sense of what did? What did, What was meant to be taken? I guess if you just say everything's supposed to be figurative, then how can we know? I don't know. Is it, it makes a lot of uneasy ground. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so I think, I don't know. For me, it's hard because I didn't grow up in that way. I grew up with other different doctrinal beliefs um, that I had to kind of work through, uh, but I think that the Bible speaks very clearly that the resurrection was not spiritual, that it was a physical bodily resurrection. That's what Orthodox Christianity teaches. And um, so there's at least one, that it's not just spiritual and uh, figurative. And so then we kind of work our way through there and kind of trying to piece together and figure out, okay, what is the scripture meaning as being literal? And what is the scripture talking about that is a figurative, an analogy, something like that? You know, Jesus being the door, Jesus doesn't have hinges. You know, we, we, we kind of put some stuff like that together, you know, just as we do in normal language when someone's speaking, we can kind of understand, like, okay, they're telling me a legitimate story of something that happened to them, and then they're giving me an analogy of something that, you know, uh, this thing cost me an arm and a leg. It's raining cats and dogs. We look at that and we go, okay, that's figurative. It's not really raining cats and dogs. But when someone says, I went to the store and I talked to this guy, they really went to the store and talked to the guy. And so I think we need to kind of do the same thing with scripture and figuring out, okay, what is figurative and what is literal? And we need to take what's meant to be literal, literal. that makes sense?
3: Yeah, it makes more sense because I definitely see that like when I'm going through and like studying it for myself or like within a group like of my friends or other people that I go to church with, that I do see where like some things are like you read it as figurative and then other things are clearly stated. But then I get into the confusion, just like as someone like totally new, is like, why, who decided that we're gonna read this as this is figurative and this is literal? Because I'm sure there are other forms of Christianity. I guess you could say where everything is taken completely literal. Yeah. But then, but then majority of Christians would say, oh no, like no, that you're taking it out of hand now. So then it's like, how do you decide what is the what is the right?
0: Yeah, and I think the, the quick response is the same way we do in normal day conversation, right? And I say it's raining cats and dogs, you don't go look outside to see if cats and dogs are really falling from the sky. And I think that there's ways to kind of look at the language used, how it's spoken, the context, to understand, OK, this is more, this is figurative. This is telling a story of something that happened. You know, when Paul went to the man and he healed him, you know, OK, that's telling a, a histor- of a historical event. It's not just like a figurative story. But when Jesus mentions about, you know, I am, I am the light or I am the door, you know, okay, Jesus is not literally a door that we're going to open up. And so I think, you know, when we kind of think of it in the way that we do it every day with English in our language, um, when people use language like that, we can kind of, it's for the most part, easy, I think, to tell within our own language. Yeah. For the
3: most part. Yeah. Understand like ah okay yeah this is figurative or oh no this is this is a historical event. This mm-hmm. But then like for example, what Jesus the resurrection, that's one of the big ticket items in Christianity. Yeah. So then. Yeah, I think I
0: think the disciples. There's no reason to take that figuratively. They were retelling the story that he rose from the dead. Okay. They speak okay. clearly that it was a it was a bodily resurrection. The tomb was empty. They saw him. This is what happened. And you look at even Luke, I'm going to tell you, the thing. at the end of John, I'm telling you th- these things so that you will believe. These things happened. We were eyewitnesses of them. You're not an eyewitness of a figurative, non-existent story. And so I think that is huge when we're listening. The Gospels are written telling what Jesus did and what he said. So there's no reason to take some of the stories and go, well, I don't really like the resurrection, what that would mean, so it must be this or whatever. You know what I mean? So... Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to that uh, questions class. If you're a little bit confused on maybe why five podcasts got put out in a short period of time rather than the once a week uh, shorter podcast uh, it's because I just finished uh, the first week of a questions class at my home church at Rock Harbor Fullerton here in Southern California. Um, this questions class will go for three weeks, and so next week again, uh, we'll be posting another uh, the next section. It's a two hour long class, and so hopefully, breaking it up for you, and so you don't have uh, two full hours, and mainly recording it for those people in the church that are not able to go, and, and uh, so that they can go back and listen to it, as well as those of you that want to listen to the full two hours, uh, you can have it as well. And so, uh, if you want to get the further resources and videos that go along with some of the questions that were asked and the topics that were discussed, uh, go to Coffee House Questions and look for the blog entitled RHF Questions Class Week One, and there you can find all five recordings, uh, and you can also find all the further resources and the videos, and so. I just want to thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed the first week of the Questions Class at Rock Harbor. Uh, next week, probably on about Wednesday or Thursday, I'll be posting week two and uh, all the questions and everything that comes up in that conversation. We will be discussing are miracles possible and is, is the New Testament reliable, as long as uh, as well as an open Q and A at the end. So I hope you enjoy. And you've been listening to Coffee House Questions and Ryan Polly. God bless.
1: And here I find my rest Restore my life to you again